Let's talk about something special, baby. That's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. I wasn't Welcome. sure where you were going. I know. <laughs> I love to get you ready for some snap judgments brought to you by Buyers Auto, like keeping you on your toes. And uh, that's how we all were when we were talking to surprise guest on Woody Wednesday, Parker Fleming. So we have a lot to talk about with injury updates. We're going to get to some of that. Of course, we're going to get to offensive line talk uh, because Matthew Jones uh, was available on Wednesday night. Um, but we got thrown a little bit of a curveball mm -hmm. because Parker Fleming uh, came out and it, this, this part doesn't surprise me, and I will say it right up front. He is accountable. He is still a, a wonderful man. Uh, he sat there and answered questions that were difficult, and he did that for 10 minutes and tried to offer the best explanations that he could. All of those are A pluses. Were there a lot of solutions in there? I would have to say probably not. Yeah, so I wasn't there for his whole thing, so I would I would yield to you, I think, on, on most of this conversation. I was there when he was asked specifically about the fake punt that wasn't a fake punt, I guess, against Rutgers, and he did not want to go into detail on exactly what the breakdown was there I, because he said we still have games to play, and I guess there was something in there that if opponent if an opponent heard it, they could take advantage of. Which opponent? Any opponent, oh. especially one <laughs> that is um, prone to taking a look at things in advance. Mm. Um, so like I, I guess I get that. My assumption is that what happened there is not a state secret, and they probably could talk about it, but he, he chose not to. And otherwise, I guess I'll leave it to you what else he said. Yeah, so there were a number of questions where, and, and again, points to Ohio State, points to the people in the Woody, points to Parker Fleming for doing this, and, and maybe there, there is a limit to the amount of answers that you can reveal publicly, but there were you know, some questions about, well, we had this conversation a year ago after the game. There was another breakdown in the Peach Bowl the Rutgers play, all these things, the way it's described by Ryan Day has been miscommunication. So if the trend is these continue to happen, who's responsible for communication? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that's that's the special teams coordinator. He's the one that's doing that. And then that leads to the next question. All right, well, so how does this continue to happen? Like that is your ultimate responsibility. And, and I think, you know, he would say, those are good questions. Those are fair questions. And, and I think that that's a good, it wasn't meant to be evasive, but I don't know that he has a great way to answer it. He said that the, he is, he thinks by and large, there are more positive plays than not. The bad ones you can't have. And I think that's when we're talking about special teams being an issue for Ohio State, the bad ones are ones that can cost you a game. That hasn't happened to Ohio State, uh, but he acknowledged that. You know, they, he can, you can cover kickoffs really well. You can have Jermaine Matthews flying around on punt return. You can have Lorenzo Styles drawing penalties and setting, you know, Indiana off inside the ten yard line in the opener. And like he, there were a number of plays that he could point to, but it was the bad ones that we're talking about because they happen so frequently. And it's the bad ones that he's trying to eliminate because in a week and a half or whatever happens after that, those become even more important and potentially costly. Yeah, I mean, he's probably right that there are more good plays than bad plays, but there's like one bad play a game, and that's far too many. Minimum. When, when it comes to yeah, minimal when it comes to special teams. I guess they didn't have one, did they? Is Pat, am I forgetting? Fake punt. Against Michigan State? Oh, Michigan State's fake punt. Yeah. yeah. When they had like the defense on the field, but then still seemed unready for the punt. Yeah, I, I don't know. Thank you for reminding me of that. So, like, <laughs> sorry for reminding you of that. Yeah, there's too many, there's too many to, to bank. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I do give any head coach or any coach um, who comes out to like face 
questions about job performance credit for doing so because they're not they are not obligated. Yep. Um, it sounds like there wasn't much in the way of like uh, satisfactory is not the right word, but like answers that get us anywhere. Like merely acknowledging that it is a good question and then not having much of a response for it, um, I, I don't find particularly useful. Um, and it does feel like a little bit of a dismissal of the severity of the issue, which I think is pretty important and something that can hold them back when they get into a bigger game and something that I'm borderline waiting to cost them a game because that's how bad I think it's been this year. So I don't know, maybe this is helpful in helping eliminate those mistakes and they get some to, to sharpen that a little bit. So I don't, I don't have anything else to say other than I guess we'll see what happens from here. Yeah, and that was that was pretty much the way it summed up. Uh, Doug asked him at the end, like, this, the sentiment that you just uh, shared, it's like he said that to Parker Fleming. It's like th- this shoe could drop in a big game. Like, what would be your response to that? And he said, hmm, I'm going to take that back to the meeting room and think about it. Mm. Because, like, I, I don't know. It felt like Doug was breaking news to him that <laughs> that this was going to be pretty <laughs> important. That it's potentially hazardous. Yeah, like, yeah. like, oh, gosh. And then Park, like, this could be costly. Oh, wait, that did swing the momentum in that rivalry game last year, or it could have made a different outcome in the Peach Bowl. Like, I, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit, but when you, when you hear that sort of response, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. Are they going to get it fixed? They don't have that much time to do so. They don't. No. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I think you're just at the point where you hope it doesn't cost them. I, yep. think, I think it's probably the rosiest outlook you can have on the situation. All right, so that's uh, if you were coming here on a Wednesday night looking for nothing but special teams conversation, sorry, it's over. Uh, <laughs> let's get into some of what we saw as Ohio State left the practice field on Wednesday evening. Did not see my call. I will uh, say up front, you know, the update from Ryan Day on Tuesday did not sound all that positive. I was told later on on Tuesday and again today that uh, Ohio State isn't at the point of concern, that they don't think my call could be available uh, in a week and a half's time. I don't know what that means for Saturday, but I didn't see him coming off the practice no. field. So we can start with that. Um, I, I was looking for Josh Proctor and that safety situation uh, as Ohio State's managed the injuries. I didn't see him tonight. I don't. I don't have. I expected him to be back on Saturday, and I would say that I probably still do. Uh, but I, in terms of coming off the field, didn't see him. Uh, didn't see Lathan Ransom and the other guys who were dealing with injuries that uh, are season-ending. Mayan Williams, Court Williams, guys like that. But. It, Ryan Day's response in his lightning round was feels like they're going to be pretty much at full capacity for the last two weeks of the regular season. I still think that they might be a little bit cautious with guys mm-hmm. like Tommy Eichenberg, who's got uh, a bionic arm now, it appears, um, yeah, with how big the brace is on, on that left arm. But you know, I, I, if it was if the game was on Saturday, I think that they'd play, and I think they'd have the full complement of non-season-ending guys. Yeah, it seems that way. And like Tommy had his pads on, like he looked like he was at least a part-time participant in practice. We didn't get to watch practice, obviously. But the fact that he was dressed, I think, is encouraging. I think you're exactly right. If they were playing Michigan this week, he would play, and they're not. So maybe maybe he'll dress and go through more often not play or play a, a shortened workload um, if they can afford it in that game and if the game gets out of hand. But I I was like simultaneously surprised to hear Ryan Day say that he thinks they're going to be at mostly full capacity, and then I like stopped to think about it. I was like, no, I guess you're right. Like Aside from... Lathan Ransom and Mayan Williams seasoning ending injuries to guys that would otherwise be contributors to this team. They do seem to be in pretty good shape aside from bumps and bruises <laughs> that happened at, at this time of the year, right? 
Now, pretty much everybody seemed to have like extra tape on their yeah. wrists or their thumbs yeah. or Kyle McCord still wearing very heavy ankle tape and, and ankle braces on Devin Brown, who uh, was actually running a little bit more after practice tonight. And it looked considerably better than he yes. did on Saturday. So like, that's the way it goes this time of year. And that's another reason why if Ohio State can uh, give itself a little breathing room on Saturday, like you got to take advantage of that to be as healthy as possible for what's looming after that. And I know that that's not the way that coaches want to think. That's not the way you prepare to go into a Saturday. By the way, they're playing Minnesota. That's not on the board this week to beat another M uh, as Ohio State continues to keep its focus solely on the block O. But they did embrace that very quickly once they got into the game on Saturday and, and pulled them at halftime. And I know that there's a delicate balance. You want to be you know, sharp and work out all the whatever kinks that you might still be out there. But I would say probably being healthy is more important than anything else when you're pointing towards Michigan. For sure. Um, and maybe... I don't know. Maybe that could lead to a clunkier game against Minnesota if you're not. I don't. Know, not going full throttle is not, not what I mean to say. But if you're if you are being a little cautious in that way, you're like not playing guys as much, or maybe in the case of like a Mecca book and not throwing twelve balls his way to try to get them to knock <laughs> off the rust because you want to make sure you have them for the following week against Michigan. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I I think this game will go in a way that Ohio State is able to comfortably rest its key guys in the second half. How will it go on the offensive line? It, it's a great question. I don't. I, I don't know. So we did talk. We talked with Matthew Jones tonight, and he said he's been practicing some at center this week. But he was probably asked five or six questions about playing center, and at no point did he seem to think that it was weird that he played center against Michigan State. And he did remind us. So like I was wrong about this. He has played in a game before. In 2021, he played 25 snaps also against Michigan State at center. So this was not the first time that he's played center in a game in his career at Ohio State. Um, but They just see something on film that they love against Sparty. Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So he's done it this week, but like I, I talked to him a little bit on the side afterward, and I said, like, we're all just like interested in the idea that you played in the game. But then he was like, yeah, like I, it was not a predetermined thing. They just said, like, in the middle of the game, do you want to go play center? And in terms of, like, the practice workload, he said nothing is out of the ordinary. He does a little bit of center work every week kind of just in case. Like, not only snapping, but he said he'll do a few periods where he lines up at center and, and plays that way on the offensive line. So uh, he gave no indication that he's doing that more now than he ever has in the past. But it remains interesting to me about yeah. what could happen there. It sounded like what I was told uh, coming out of practice the last two days that that routine had been changed a little bit and that the workload was a little bit heavier. I'm, I, I don't think it's Matthew Jones place to come out and say, Hey, mm-hmm. I might be taking this, you know, this young kid's job and, and we're going to make a change late in the year. That That's, that's a Ryan day or Justin Fry situation. I understand that. So it, it's not a, a Matthew Jones, just like Parker Fleming. Sometimes they're in a position. Well, it's a little different. Matthew Jones is put in a position where, he shouldn't be taking accountability for decisions like that. So that is different than a coach. I'll correct myself on that. But it's also a tough one for him to be in because if if some of that has changed, he doesn't want to see that. He started 10 games next to Carson Hensman all year. Uh, you know, they've developed a good relationship. They're in meetings all the time. Like that's not not something that you want to go out and say about a teammate, like, yeah, yeah, we're really concerned. And and that's why I was put in the game in the third quarter and and why Enoch Vamahi came out there like I certainly understand all that. I do think that the door is more open for change, maybe even more today than I felt yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And we'll 
I don't know that they're going to start Matt Jones at center against Minnesota, but maybe they'll go to that little quicker again, just to continue developing in case they feel like they need to go to it full time, maybe against Michigan. Um, Matt Jones was also asked about Carson Hensman and not, are you going to take his job? But like, <laughs> what, did, what did you, what have you thought of the way that he's played this year? And he had some really nice words about Carson and how he's grown as a communicator. And like, he's a young guy working through some stuff and then trying to get better every day. So it's not like, would they come out here and say like, they don't, have trusted him if, if that were the case I, I don't think so but i think it was genuine from matt jones and we've talked to other guys about carson in the past too like they do see a player who is growing and i think everyone in here believes one day he will be a really good center like that's sort of been a design for him since he since he got here perhaps it's just happening a little too early and now you want to make sure you have your bases covered in case you think you're not quite where you need to be for the biggest game of the year all right anything else that you learned i enjoyed talking with kyle mccord tonight um specifically about the touchdown pass to Cade Stover, the, the back shoulder ball down down the seam there, because I, I thought this when it happened that they have ran a version of that play a few times and it, it hasn't quite synced up the, the right way. And he said the same thing. Um, he said they've had that look and for whatever reason, you know, they haven't really been able to complete it. But in that moment, he trusted that Cade knew where he was going to throw the ball, which was, again, on his back shoulder away from the defender. And he trusted that Cade was going to be able to kind of contort his body and, and get there. And he felt that that was a sign of growth of not only their relationship, but sort of like an indication that the offense is taking a step forward with Kyle understanding when and where his receivers want the ball and, you know, the type of throws he needs to make to get it there. So, and I thought that when it happened. So, but I was glad to kind of hear Kyle say that too, because I think it does speak to the confidence that this team needs him to be playing with as it gears up for the Michigan game in two weeks. That sounds like a more loquacious response than the one that Cade gave about that ball. That's shocking. Yeah, yeah. which was, he threw me the ball and I caught it. Sometimes <laughs> it just needs to be that simple, folks. I respect it. The quarterback was processing it at a different <laughs> level, and then uh, the badass tight end was just like, hey, he threw it. I'm I'm on like a banged up leg with a broken wrist. Like, I'm just trying to catch the football. I don't know why you guys are asking me questions. Stop worrying about my injuries. <laughs> Leave me alone. I don't want to talk about senior night. I'm going to miss Cade Stover so much. Yeah. His uh, his media sessions are highly entertaining. I mean. And he doesn't – I don't think he knows that, <laughs> but they are. I think – no, I don't think he does. Because yeah. I always – I joke with him before and after about how excited I am to see what he does. And he's just like in a race to get it over with. <laughs> he's not trying to be entertaining. He's. I think he's kind of hoping that we aren't entertained by it. Like, yeah. And if we're going to have to turn off our recorders if he – like drops an f-bomb but guess what we're not no that's what we're there for that's what i want to hear <laughs> yeah. and i'm really disappointed that he hasn't broken a table yet he came pretty close today right yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> he was worked up about that yeah don't try and jinx players like, why are we talking about no hitters i don't even think he has a no hitter he was asked like hey you haven't dropped a ball all year i'm i'm pretty sure that he has uh but he was like are you i'll paraphrase it in a different way <laughs> like JFC, buddy. <laughs> JFC. Ugh. Let's not be talking about it. Anyway. Yeah. He's it's it's really enjoyable. Um it's yeah, if he gave uh more thoughtful uh deeper answers, we'd maybe ask him fewer questions. Yeah, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be Kate Stover. <laughs> but then he though. wouldn't be Kate Stover. He only knows one way to do it. I, yeah. I am amused by what the conversations are like for, for Keenan Bailey and, and Jim Knowles and James Laurinaitis when they have to go tell guys like Kate and Tommy that they're not going to play because this is, this is what they love to do. And mm -hmm. that would 
probably be especially difficult for them this week. Uh, you know, Cade did work back. He looked fine dealing with the injuries on Saturday. You know, Tommy, we know that he's played through injuries before and we want to like, even as badly as they want to be as full go, fully healthy as they can be for the game, like, it's the last time in the horseshoe for these guys. I mean, yeah. it, it, it doesn't have to be, but it will be. Um, and I can't imagine what it would be like for them to miss it. I, the, only, the last time I can think of a similar situation with personalities and, and having to sit for injury was like one of the most difficult of all time for John Simon, uh, which is two years before you got here. Mm-hmm. And he's having like emergency surgery in the locker room to get out there and go play and, and finish off that undefeated season against Michigan. Uh, John Simon's in that same bucket with these guys as just relentless workers and, and no nonsense guys. And like, so I, I hope that they get that chance on Saturday early and that what we're talking about with getting guys healthy, that they can come out in the second half and maybe, maybe enjoy it. I actually hadn't considered that angle of it. It makes me now. I, if I were, I think Tommy will probably play if only for one series, because it is his last game of the shoe. And if he's upright, he'll want to do it. <laughs> and he appears upright after walking off the practice field tonight. So yeah. I, I think I think anyone who is in that position and able will at least get a few snaps. All right. The only other thing I can throw out there as Michigan's um, what hearing looms on Friday, I understand you know maybe there's some more maneuvering going on. All I can tell you is that every single person that I talk to in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center would very much like the suspension to only be two games for Michigan's head coach, and that he would be on the sideline. Uh, a week from Saturday. That is how they feel. Some use more colorful language than others, hmm. but Ohio State will not throw a fit if the suspension drops to two games for however the machinations work out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he'll coach against Maryland, Jim Harbaugh. I don't know, but I think Ohio State would give two thumbs up to the idea of Jim Harbaugh being out there and no excuses being available for the Wolverines. You want both teams home in that game. Right, and sometimes you can't control. So I think there's a there's a push and pull with that, right? Like he yeah. did the crime, right? And you want to you want to see him do the time, right? <laughs> and he's probably going to do two games, and then we'll see what the NCAA does. But he I, did the dub. He did. The dub. <laughs> I understand. Like if I'm on either of these teams, I want the best version of them and the best version of us to put it on the line. Yeah, and that involves Jim Harbaugh being there for his team. I totally understand Ohio State fans who think, screw that guy, you should never coach again, too. <laughs> like, I get the sentiment. But, like, trying to put myself in the shoes of a player and coach and on and either program, you want that to be legitimate when you get on the field, which is part of the issue with the initial punishment, I guess, because people didn't think it was legitimate, and maybe this year it will be. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry again for skipping past Minnesota, but uh, I'm, I, I'm not actually sorry about it because – it's a 28-point spread, and Ohio State should handle that comfortably. It, but it is still one more opportunity, the last one in the horseshoe this year, so we'll we'll have all hands on deck to cover that and get ready for the last two weeks of the regular season. Uh, and appreciate you joining us on a Wednesday night, a Woody Wednesday on Snap Judgments, brought to you by Byers Auto. He is Bill Landis, and I am Austin Ward. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later.